and welcome back to another episode of New Game Plus. This week, talking about video game media. So we had a conversation with a guest a while back um, that touched at one point a little bit on media, and we sort of talked a little about this sort of moment in like 2006 where things were shifting a little. And we thought, you know what? Why don't we talk a bit about about video game journalism? Because it seems like it's something that people care way too much about. So <laughs> my hot take. Um, so why don't we uh, why don't why don't why don't we dive in a little bit? And I, I thought we could start just a touch with talking about. Where the shit did this come from? Like, where did video game journalism even start? And from my recollection, and obviously this isn't some highly researched, very professional look at where it started, which you can go to YouTube if you want that. (laughs) Um, But in my sort of like knowledge, even for myself, like video game journalism, for the most part, basically began as kind of like ad print print ads pretty much you know like it was essentially um it was mostly companies kind of like getting people to sort of talk about their product um and it really wasn't journalism per se you know like it was more just kind of advertising dressed up a little bit as journalism industry press almost yeah and, and before yeah. we go any further, I have to say I love that it, it was an almost ASMR-esque introduction from you this time. Thank you. That was that was beautiful. I, <laughs> I think your new game plus should be a cozy experience, right? Where you get to a bit more intimate. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. And like I, I actually like honestly no real shade on industry press sometimes for me. Like, um I look, Nintendo Power was industry press. Like that was made to sell things, and I loved it. because it very much did make me buy things and i loved those magazines i was like kind of missed the days when they had to put that much effort into making me buy shit for them i feel that yeah you know um and it would also get like you know there would be you know there there would be coverage in say like trade like electronic trades kind of magazines like it it wasn't really its own thing right like i feel like video games were sort of picked up willy-nilly like maybe a newspaper would cover if ces was happening or something maybe you'd get a newspaper covering the next big trend um and the most that like games would sort of hit into the mainstream was when there was some kind of controversial topic right because that's kind of how at least american sort of western media kind of runs it's like controversial topics are sort of the bread and butter because that creates discussion right Um, i don't think that's controversial (laughs) um to say right um at least that's from my perspective, but I'm curious, Paula, what was it like? In, what's it like in Chile, actually? <laughs> like Spanish uh, language. So the, the funny thing is, um, from what I can remember, it's like videos never really brought like into the mainstream. Like all the the stuff like I've seen like on YouTube or I don't know, Pokemon Satanic and stuff like that. And never really like matter here hmm. like i don't remember a single instance of a video game like being like front and center or like even like a little bit of an addendum like in a newspaper or something like that mm-hmm. on the other hand we did have um a magazine called club nintendo or like nintendo club if you want to call it that where well it was mainly about um, then the upcoming releases for Nintendo, mm-hmm. or like if there was like 
an E3 event, like a little bit of coverage on that. And mainly stuff like that. I do remember being like um like a reader's column where like the readers could send like a letter or something like that. I actually have a couple of them. I couldn't find them, like, to properly talk about them on this recording. <laughs> um, but I do remember liking them a lot as a kid. And I actually learned about um, other games like Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. That I couldn't even find them. They, they, they existed at the time. Like, <laughs> oh, what is this? I actually have Bayonetta... Uh, one and two for the week. I haven't like played them yet, but I learned about them through that magazine. Nice. Well, yeah, magazines were the big thing for a long time, right? Like, I mean, you had your EGMs. There's like PC Gamer. There's um, holy mm. shite. There's so there's so many. Like, I I don't even want to like go. Through we still them. have a few. Edge is yeah. still going strong in the UK, for example. Mm. And there's been resurgences. Like, for instance, I've been um, like on Kickstarter. There's been Ninty Fresh. <laughs> which has been um, creating, I think they're actually based in the UK and they've been wonderful. It's basically like Nintendo Power, except like they're not. The pun work suggests UK based for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like, and also like, I think, I think there's a lot of criticism often like lobbed at those early gaming magazines and maybe even still today that they were very much just kind of like, you know, these fronts for gaming companies to kind of launch a ship. But like also like that was kind of at a necessity because like, no one gave a shit about games outside of the the niche, like gaming culture, right? And so, like, to actually get information on a game, especially back then, and like we have to remember, this is before the days of like, um, you know, digital distribution. And so, like, to get a fucking screenshot for your magazine, you sometimes had to take photos of the of the screen, right? Like, it's like it was that insane. Yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. they were just relying on what the hell these companies could give them right like it was like they're doing doing the best they can right um and then you're also on that like questionable like area of like especially in those days of like if you're too hard on a game like i still want them to give us stuff so we can keep showing things so it's like there's like a weird balancing act at that time you know um and i think that that speaks to sort of how things changed because they're mm -hmm. from memory and again none of us have done even the modicum of preparation that really we should have done. I did a little bit. But like, this. <laughs> but like it, there, there were a few moments that sort of signposted the development of that. So you have the original uh, Keely Doritos and Mountain Dew um, Halo promotion <laughs> thing. Um, how that guy still has any credibility in the industry is beyond me. Um but, you know, that that was an important thing because I think that's sort of the first documented time where that kind of um, advertising oversight and, and hand controlling things was first a big problem. Uh, then you have the whole Kane and Lynch controversy that was sort of the, uh, the catalyst for the creation of Giant Bomb as a website. Mm. Um, and I think I think it's hugely relevant that a lot of these moments were in the digital space. Yeah, because I think, weirdly enough, games becoming more of a serious entity and an entity that could be discussed in more depth than product is releasing, consume product. Here are key product points. Um, came with dedicated online journalism, mm-hmm. um, where 
the the business model sort of was flipped on its head because you no longer needed to justify printing 200 pages a month um you could be more on the pulse of things as they were happening yeah um and, and you had this shift from um you also had like people who grew up with games now being at the point where they were so literate in games that like um, they could really break them down and like really look at them, you know? And like arguably that's what the magazine rise was. Like there was a lot of those people in that time who were like becoming, they were so literate in games that they could do this. Cause when they first popped around, I mean, they were really lobbied in the same world of toys, right? Like that was like very much the industry that they were in, right? They were the toy industry. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, like there's like that, that major shift that occurs. I also had to laugh a little bit too, though. Like uh, so many times these ad things, like you see all these people getting mad at these ads and then like they hop over to YouTube and like watch their favorite YouTuber fucking talk about Raid Shadow Legends. And I was like, you guys don't give a shit. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, YouTubers make some of the most egregious advertisements for fucking horrible games that I've ever seen. And we're just like, it's fine. And I was like, bro, that is the worst shit out there. Like those mobile games are trash. And listen, Make your money how you want to make your money. Uh, but let's not pretend that those are honest advertisements. <laughs> Gaming YouTube could be a whole other new game plus. I know, oh my board. God. I feel like yeah. there's so much to dig into on that. Twitch um, is like one think... big advertisement. It's incredible. Like, the oh, it's great. <laughs> and th- I mean, this is this is where some of the, the magazine space has moved away because, um, mm-hmm. you know, big developers and publishers aren't looking for previews in magazines anymore not not really not not for the big stuff where they want to get the big hits they are looking for strategic partners partnerships with streamers they are looking Mm -hmm. for good coverage and engagement and seo day one um you know dr disrespect who's one of the biggest faces in game streaming um has set up a company specifically to to bring together streamers and game publishers and developers um you know, that's where people have moved. And it's understandable why, because there's something different to having a specific connection with someone who you can hear, you know exactly what their tastes are, uh, you can see the gameplay in real time. Well, not maybe sometimes in real time. Anyway, um, like you can understand why it's gone that way. Ultimately, you get some of the best and some of the worst content that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. But Um, I, th- I think there's something to be said for the long form side of that stuff specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where someone could dig in for 45 minutes into Lisa, a painful RPG, for mm-hmm. example, and and go really in depth. I suppose in a way that we would like to pretend that we can do in, <laughs> in, in this cobbled together podcast. Yeah, um, but I, I think there's some merit to that, and I, I think that speaks to the development of media coverage and the maturation of media coverage yeah so this is i think an interesting mm-hmm. point that like I- i'm glad you sort of brought up so Paula, do, you- do you want to add something <laughs> we're already going off um not not right now i'm okay <laughs> quite interested the way it is going because i have like a, a couple of points to make later Perfect. because i didn't i wasn't really exposed to to video games like you're listening like growing mm-hmm. up until like the age of youtube pretty much and yeah whenever I got like my own laptop so I could actually watch stuff. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit. Yeah, this is good. So like, I like this jumping off that you've done here to Rick, where it's like talking about the rise of kind of YouTube because YouTube arguably is, is games media, right? Like there is very much, um, um, you know, there are all these YouTubers who do these deep dives, which are really satisfying, but like, that's one 
segment, right? And then there's the other segment of games media that I genuinely think gets really unfairly, uh, like just shat on all the time like talking kotakus and like ign's like oh the amount of fucking hatred that gets lumped onto ign i do not understand um well i mean i do understand i know where it's coming from uh because it's coming from a small minority of gamers um <laughs> like god god christ <laughs> don't get me started we're talking a little bit about gamergate here um uh, because like there's this Right, remember, yeah, Personal, actually, yeah. I, I pulled the face and then I was like, hang on, that is actually just definitionally media and games journalism. It is, yeah, game yep. game, right? It because, is, yeah, it starts everything. So, little story time here. I, I was when I was young, I remember coming onto the uh, internet around the time of like, you know, I was like a young little atheist who was like, I would watch some shit, and I remember watching, um, you know, like those fuckers who, God, don't watch them now, but like amazing atheists, like those kind of dudes. Cause I was an edgelord at the time, right? You know, I'm a little kid who's like, oh yeah, but I was what? watching it. What? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Um, but I actually remember when I started to think, like, I think this guy's full of shit was around the time when this was starting because they all just started piling on to like Anita Sarkeesian so hard. And I was like, I was like, okay, I don't know if. So like, why are we, why, why is everyone hating this person so much? Like, it was like, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was seeing it. I was like, I don't really understand. But like, um, sorry, this is going to go into a few areas, but like. This oh, I have a hot take on Game Again and I'm just waiting to drop it. So you keep going. Yeah. Cause this whole thing of like ethics of journalism, like that was never the point. Like there's no, like, like it, that's such a, it's such a dog whistle, right? Like it just didn't make any sense. Like it was like, I think, um. Super Bunny Hop, and I think a few others have done like really good deep dives into how like this was just complete ridiculousness. Actually, Innuendo Studios does a phenomenal series on like what the fuck Gamergate was and like just the kind of ridiculousness behind it that is like really, really good. Um, and like shows point for point why the anyway, it's very good stuff. But the thing that I think we see so often get lumped at like games journalists all the time. It's like, there's this thing of where it's like, Oh, they're not really gamers or like, they're not very good. Or like, they're not really going in depth on this thing. It's all sort of cursory, but like, man, they're covering everything. Like that's not what and their purpose is. Their purpose is to. And it's super interesting that you say that now, because literally 48 hours ago at the time of recording, um, there was a, a video interview, um, with the current editor in chief of Kotaku, and they, you know, for whatever you think of of that individual and, and the person that did oh, the, oh, is that the one with the Lana Pierce? It was indeed, yeah. Yes. So um, they literally made the exact point: like there will be people who know the game better than you because mm-hmm. that's their thing. That's what they play. Mm-hmm. When your job is to cover twenty different games a week, you know, it, it is going to be a shallow ocean versus a, yeah. a really fucking deep pond. You know, that, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, And I think that's where the intersection with YouTube is super interesting because you will find people whose, whose whole thing, they can like carve out a niche and do journalism, media, you know, that sort yeah. of thing on a specific game or subset. And I think if that's what you're looking for from a, a, a broad website, you're partly at fault for the fact that your expectations are not being met because you came in with the wrong expectations. It's like bad media literacy, you know what I mean? Like it's like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like what 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 is like a site like IG and Kotaku for? Like you don't I'm not going to this shit. Like occasionally they'll post really wonderful op-eds and those are really cool. And like that's like like interesting stuff. Like they've done some cool one. Yeah. But that I I suppose there is also a wrinkle where 
actually those websites used to be what you went to that thing for. You know, websites like IGN used to hire specific staff to write guides for games. Oh, they still do. Right, 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 right. So yeah. it's also bad media literacy, but it's also um, uh, a growing pain, I suppose, in the development mm-hmm. of the media landscape. But I guess that's if, what if yeah. I can be a little bit wanky about it. Yeah, that's fair. But I also think like no one ever complains about IGN guides. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like people just yeah. use. They them. are shit. Jet, like outside of the oh. two or three games, they are not great. Yeah, I mean, I've like there, there was a period where they were really good. There's the odd one nowadays, but generally speaking, really, I'd actually. I'd actually kind of disagree. I've I've been finding that, especially for newer games, their guides are like really spot on. Like they, hmm. yeah, they go okay. really fucking into it. Like that's where I learned about the Psychonauts thing. Um, like the little, uh, like the special trick. It was it was fucking IGN games. They were like, yo, do this. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like that kind of deal. So I don't know. But that's just me though. I mean, because Game Facts, yeah. there was that. And then it's like they sort of took over in that sort of world. But anyway, sorry. Paula, yeah. you were going to- Probably case by case yeah. thing. We are getting a little bit sidetracked. Yeah. yeah we're thinking like- yeah, um, I was thinking like how you have like the the, the big like media or like the big uh, video game like outlets that cover or review games, and I remember um, I can't remember like which Atomic game it was, but I remember the Atomic community being not happy of how it was covered by this video outlet. Mm-hmm. I think it was Silicon Era. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I don't remember like the whole drama around it. Like, uh, I I pretty much like read the article. It's like, oh, this is bad. Bye. And that could be thinking like we do have like a ton of independent reviewers like reviewing specifically the Atomic genre, and that happens like with other. Um, uh, with all kinds of games that you have like people reviewing like very specific kind of games so um even if we have like the big outlets that people like to hate on uh, we uh, we have options it's not like yeah and more than it, that more than not that, like back in the day we have more, options more than that arguably in that context ign and, and kotaku and the like are a gateway in yeah because if you know if, if you're John Doe on the street, um, and you want to know if the game's gonna be good for you, you're probably in a similar boat to someone who's playing a bit of everything, in the sense that you've not got super deep knowledge on anything. And then once you try different things and you do, then you're naturally gonna seek out people in your community, whether that's a tome, whether that's you know, whatever. Um, and I think in that sense it's important to um see the utility that they have to bring new people in because it is a more accessible open sort of entry point yeah and it's uh, too like i think there's such a there's such a value to that like almost generalist perspective on a game like the fact that because like i need sometimes when i see like for instance if there's a game that's from a really niche genre and you go to look up the reviews and they're all like nine out of tens and they all happen to be from websites that cover this niche genre it's like a 9 out of 10 for people who are immersed in a specific niche might not be a 9 out of 10 for the general audience. Do you know what I because mean? Because there'll be blind it's spots true. and biases and expectations. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so that's why, like, we need all these things. We need our, like, IGNs and Kotakus. We need our, like, fucking Jason Schreier's doing deep dives into the industry. We need our YouTube community. You know, like, I actually think 
you know, there's so much hate lobbied at the, which I, this is why I, I do feel lovely that like the community and how long to be is so nice. Cause it feels the, sort of like this little, I don't know, maybe because it's just about beating games, you know, like, um, when you come to the community, there isn't, um, there's, there just doesn't feel like much rancor at all. And maybe that's also due to good moderation, but like you go on some of these big websites and it's just like, even that Alana Pierce one, I remember I clicked on, I haven't finished that video yet, but like that thing was getting so many dislikes right away. And I was like, what the fuck guys? Like, <laughs> just just watch it and listen first like holy crap you know um i don't know maybe that's just part of internet living and like being such a big entity like maybe that's just what happens when you're um when you're in such a huge sort of um community i I don't know i don't know but sorry rick you had a hot take on uh, game brigade didn't you (laughs) yeah so it's sort of a two-parter firstly i think everyone involved in that situation comes out looking like shit so the the guy the guy who originally like leaked the conversations and the situation with his private life with Zoe Quinn like so to give to give people who have no idea of what Gamergate is the most neutral take I could possibly give Gamergate started um, with a game developer by the name of Zoe Quinn who'd done something on Twine I forget the specifics of the game uh, that game had had coverage a by a Kotaku story, reporter. I um something like that yeah uh depression quest it, the, depression the, quest, that's the it. game yeah. the game actually might is like the least significant part of this story yeah. um it text. was given coverage by a kotaku journalist i believe by the name of nathan grayson um that individual did not disclose that he had a relationship of some description with zoe quinn zoe quinn's ex-boyfriend alleged that it was of a sexual nature and that also covered four other people involved in the the gaming industry. So, which turns out that ex boyfriend guy... was a stalker and had like right, like, okay, yeah. so <laughs> fuck that guy for a lot of reasons, but yeah. but principally because that wasn't the way to make that disclosure. Like, yeah. the, because what you're doing is using the shield of oh, this is corruption in the press to air your dirty laundry, basically. Fuck Nathan Grayson, because that is absolutely something he should have disclosed if he's covering those games. And that's his fuck up as a journalist. Um, yeah, but it turns out there was no ethical breach whatsoever anyway, because it, it wasn't even like a review or anything at all. It was just like, it, it wasn't even like coverage of that specific game, which was a free game. Yeah, I, <laughs> my personal view is that you should always disclose those kind of relationships, irrespective. And, and this is where I think this is my second hot take is that Gamergate actually broad brushes a force for good. Because, and I never noticed this before, I regularly notice this now, um, outlets will disclose when they've been given a free copy, what kind of event they've been given, they've gone to. I think those things are important for you to know going into a review. And I hmm. think that that is something that as a consequence of that, and it was a clusterfuck, but as a consequence of that, um, the, the landscape is better. Because those disclosures are just an expected part of it. That's my hot take. Yeah. I mean, I think like in general, um, like I said, I highly recommend the Innuendo Studios one on it. Because um, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if that was necessarily a consequence from it. But yeah, everyone looks bad in it because there are some... R- <sighs> the people who spearheaded the like campaign of Gamergate are like trash. Like it was just like... It's just it was just some trash, at least trash actors. Like I, I, you know, I can't comment on like human beings as like you know what I mean. Like I'm not gonna go out and be like they're just the bottom of the earth. But like the actions they took, 
were just terrible. Like it was just harassing. And, and I think that's the problem. Like, I think you're right. Like the idea of like what you said, like that outcome is a good part of it. But the part that is really shit is just like the fucking doxing and attacks on Anita Sarkeesian yeah. and on like all of these women in gaming. And that was the big issue, right? It's like, that's what it spiraled into. It spiraled into this like major attack on like a number of women in gaming and games journalism. And like, yeah, the the only being that Sarkeesian's career thrives on that. Not really, man. That girl had so many death threats. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a good thing. What what oh. I, what I mean is that if you are an individual who dislikes that person and what they do, whether it's her, whether it's anyone else, um, you you are doing, I suppose, your own stated aim damage by making a big deal out of it because there's an extent to which any publicity is good publicity. Right, yeah. And I'm... and and if, if no one had kicked off about it, we probably wouldn't know who Hanita Sarkeesian is. The fact is we yeah. do. And and she and some of the work that she's done is essentially, you know, immortalized by that controversy. Yeah. So it's just stupid all around. Yeah, although I would say that, like, I know there are some, like, I totally, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think in this situation, though, like there are some cases where yeah this stuff happens and it becomes a this and you get good things but like nothing good fucking came out of it for her in this one you know like no 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 i'm not yeah, saying that yeah. i'm not saying that no i know yeah it's, it's just what i mean anyway sorry but Paula, why don't we, you share your thoughts it's just two dudes talking about misogyny and fucking video games <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I actually had to go into Google, like, to know what the fuck you were talking about, because, again, um, I'm a bit out of the love with this one. Uh, Well, I mean, we we can move on from Gamergate, because Gamergate is just, like, a tiny speck in the media coverage discussion, so let's not not dwell any longer that we need to. She actually came to my university to talk huh, small world so you just go yeah oh. i didn't even realize that i guess i missed it but yeah there it is uh she did a thing called i am tired during gender-based violence prevention week so there you go um anyway yeah that's it's just one s- small part of it but like just note that like i, I guess the thing that i want to say is like <sighs> there are valid critiques to be made of like journalism and of media and whatnot and it's just like i feel as though especially within gaming there have been a lot of piggybacking on something that is legitimately something to talk about and then using it to like fuel just like misogyny most of the time you know um which well i mean you see you see that in anything anywhere a good cause and message will essentially be piggybacked on by the nuttiest people from the most extreme sides of any debate, uh, because that's seen as an in. Um, you know, not not necessarily intentionally in the sense that there's some grand conspiracy to pick the movement apart, but just because, you know, if, if you're that fervent about an issue, you're looking for an in. Yeah. So it's something you, you just always have to be guarded by. Um Broadbrush, I'd like to think that things are improving. Things are getting better mm-hmm. all the time. I think things are moving in a positive direction. Um, and I think that that's maybe an opportunity to pull back to what we talked about. And I think what we all sort of agreed was the, the, the sort of pivotal point around the 06, 07, 08 era, sort of hmm. in the, in the, in the middle of 360 PS3, um, we, 
where things really did start to start to be discussed. And I think from there right through to Infinite, because I, I think for me, where things really kicked off in terms of deeper discussion uh, was Bioshock Infinite and all the discussion around ludonarrative dissonance. Mm. Because I think that that was, and maybe this is a personal bias, because for me, I think that was certainly a watershed in terms of, you know, not realizing that games had stories and were more than like, walk from left to right shoot bad guy win game but <laughs> in terms of really thinking about it a little bit more um because that that was a real moment where everyone was talking about well does the gameplay of a game need to match the story that it's telling um if not why not if so is that a rule that you can break to effect and i think games have done that since um spec ops is a great example where um uh, the the Luda narrative dissonance is sort of the point um, for fear of like spoiling too much of that game. Yeah, I mean, what what do you two think about that? I think I don't know that I had any more to say beyond that. <laughs> mm, I'm trying to think because um, when I got access to YouTube, like the one thing like I mainly look out for um, at the time I was playing Warcraft three, so. I pretty much look for uh, competitive strategies for that game at the time. Though at some point I started like getting into playthroughs and that pretty much like got me into half of the games I play right now. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. Mm. Yeah, you know, because like I think you're you're onto something there too, Rick. Like I think that was, and probably for us, it's it's a moment that was watershed because of our ages, right? Like that was when we were also sure. turning into like oh, like like recognizing like the deeper um, meanings behind games and like uh, yeah, and other narratives. And I also think that like we've sort of been dancing around this, but I think if we even like sort of define the current state a little bit, it's like you've got generalized media that sometimes produces deeper discussions in terms of your big sites you've got your like playthroughs and whatnot which have also turned into like twitch right like uh, playthroughs on there and then you've got like you know your deep dives on youtube um and i feel like together they create like a pretty healthy ecosystem um and admittedly it's it's so far flung and like i mean we can't talk about media coverage without talking about um my lord and savior, James Stephanie Sterling, because, like, <laughs> Sterling's <laughs> shit is just great. I mean, they're just kind of, like, saying what needs to be said um, most of the time. But also, like, arguably, you know, they, they're taking down on loot boxes, taking down on all, all of this shit. But, like, also, I know that realistically, there's just going to be media outlets who don't, like care about loot boxes like because there are just like you know there's there's people have just like across political spectrums working in media right and maybe this is something to like hit on a bit oh back to politics again but not not too inflammatory way but like i just think that in general like maybe it's also because america produces so much for the english-speaking um media and like they're so politically like whoa divided that like there's a real intense um desire for media and for i think for for games media too to i don't know to like subscribe to your views you know um does is this sort of making sense this is maybe still piggybacking a little bit on the gamergate thing and like just from what i see from like um uh like the way people receive um receive 
articles and whatnot um or the way they critique um games media right now that there's kind of this like i want you to be more on this uh side of things or i want you to be more on this side of things um which i think is a fair critique of 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 media in general but i guess maybe what's missing and what it comes down to is a little more media literacy right like just in general for the public which i think would be useful um I don't know. What do you think? Am I am I on am I on am I on fucking crack right now? What's going on? <laughs> mm, I I think it, mm-hmm. it's almost a micro or macrocosm rather of what you just find with the social media sites in general. Like mm. they're a cesspit unless you curate it. And I yeah. think there's there's plenty of content that doesn't feel the need to dip either way. Mm. There's also good content that dips both ways. I mm. think. And I think mm-hmm. when you speak of a healthy ecosystem, I think that is. That is what you're looking for. You want a lot of neutrality. You want to also see things, you know, angling in different directions out from that neutrality, because I think it's important um, for the dialectic and for, for everything else to have that stuff going on. Yeah, because um, I don't want just a bunch of like on the fencers, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but then you can be neutral without being a fence sitter because you you don't necessarily have to address the fence. You know, the, the fence isn't the be all and end all. Do you know what I mean? Um with Sterling stuff, and this is as someone who watches the Jimquisition every week, I can't help but think about the Black Mirror episode 50 million credits and the way that that episode ends Which one's when that I again? see their work. Uh, that's the one where they're all on the bikes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and it, I mean, maybe that's just my inherent nihilism, but, but I, I just think of that episode every time I watch one of the Jimquisitions. Um which is a shame. I think that that maybe goes beyond the scope of this conversation because that that gets yeah. very heavy and very kind of sad. Um, but ultimately, I I think yeah, we're we're in a good place. We're getting gradually to be in a better and better and better place. Um, yeah. And I I think it's a big tent and it's only getting bigger. And I think the the media landscape reflects that in a positive way. Um, yeah. And and hopefully as as we go further and further, it can help to sort of enact more positive change. I think that's a tricky one, especially because what you're seeing is, um, and this I think speaks to what we sort of touched on in terms of the Twitch, you're seeing marketers wake up to that. And um, to talk about the Americanization, FTC regulations seem very sort of soft and, and cockeyed when it comes to um, how they address that stuff. And I think that's something where... Um, if things aren't cleaned up, they're going to be cleaned up for us. And I don't think that ends well. Yeah. So I think I think that's the next frontier if you want to talk about the current state. Paula, why don't you go um, ahead? I had I, something and it left. <laughs> I didn't have anything. Yeah. So Paula. <laughs> like, I, I have a bunch of stuff left, like here that I wanted to say. Like, first of all, that um, the current state of danger or of like, I want to say like gaming coverage. More than journalist. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I really like how it is now because you find things from almost any perspective you would like to see things from. Because a video game, like in a series, will feel different depending on if you played some games of the series or if you are new to the series. So there's an and I know, like, especially, like, for, like, more, if you want to say, like, professional video game journalists, it's very important to have, uh, like, game literacy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. There's an argument to be said, like for the people that aren't game literate, like how Rasputin, 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 mm-hmm. on his series on how he pretty much like gaming for uh, has yeah gaming for not gamers where his uh, his wife like pretty much like plays games for the first time and he pretty much like notices things that uh, you you don't really think about of how a non-gamer may want to do a thing and be unable to do the thing or like how different games like for someone who at least has played like a couple of games like growing up with like oh mm-hmm. if i move left i move left i could press a to jump or something like that and so for someone who has never touched a controller, that doesn't really apply. So I think it's really important to try to see how a game would be seen as for someone who is just getting into the genre. Uh, because believe it or not, there's people like that in the world. Yeah. And I feel like game journalists in general is done for people that are already into video games, which I get. If you are like looking into reviews for a specific game, you probably already have some kind of knowledge about video games. Well, yeah, because like, why would you become a journalist for games if you don't, you know what I mean? That's part of the issue, right? Yeah. Again, the ecosystem feeds that, you know, you look at things like girlfriend reviews. Yes. For example. I love girlfriend. But yeah, like even I don't know, it's weird to say it, but like those out there reviewers who do this crazy stuff are very, very valuable from the point of a developer because you know what mm. stuff could ha you know where a, a new player could get stuck in. If you take into account like stuff like that, like even like in our in some of our classes, we're told like, hey, you have to take into account like the existing controls for existing games of the yes. of the genre you're trying to develop for, because otherwise you're just gonna confuse your players. Yeah, yeah you have to have a very good reason to break those conventions. Don't make the X button the jump button, yeah. or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. On our PlayStation, the oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Just remember that it's X on PlayStation, but not X on the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Paula, if you uh, if I jump in, we're going to come back. I'm going to make sure you get all your points before yeah. the end of this. But I just wanted to also because this is the point that like, your point reminded me of this, and yours as well, Rick. Which I think maybe some of the the complaints that I think could be in a constructive way is that. Right now, I think there's a tension, and there's a tension in media in general about this, but like for video games, it's like, what is the purpose of the journalism, right? Is it to discuss the product um, and what the game is and like why one should play it? But then there's also the question of the industry, right? Like how much do we talk about what's happening in the industry? Look at the Activision Blizzard Blizzard shit, right? Like, holy Christ. Um, like, how much do we cover of this? Um, how much do we put into discussing the lives of those who make games versus, um, I don't know, like the like coverage itself of just the game itself versus the marketing, right? Like, it's like, where do all of these things fit together? And I think it's still something we're trying to figure out, right? Like, because it's... There's no easy answer. If there was, yeah. we'd already have answered it. Exactly, right? Like, well, 
one of the things like most people do or a lot of people do is like separate like the the game itself from the uh, entity who develops it mm -hmm. so even like with all the stuff going around with uh, activision Blizzard, diablo 2 remaster or remake or whatever reignited i don't know what no diablo 2 reignited remake. Yeah. i think it's called uh, yeah diablo. <laughs> uh whatever the diablo 2 remake is still gonna probably sell well because it is Diablo 2, regardless of everything that has been going on like in the background of everything. And uh, the tricky thing is when the reviews come out, like the, let's say the, the game journalist reviews, do they just focus on the product or do they say anything about what happened? Also, like what? It Sorry, yeah. it's Diablo 2 resurrected. Continue, sorry. Resurrected. Thank you. Do we even, are we even real gamers? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I no, I think that's a really good point, Powder. And it's one that I actually I do struggle with a bit because like everything is political, I mean, right? Like that's like we've talked about this before. Um and you know, to not comment on on it feels wrong, right? But then at the same time, it's also like then there's people who made this game and they rely on it, and so like it's not easy. And I was going to make exactly that point. You you then run into a problem where you've got all these talented, passionate individuals being paid not nearly enough and working way too many hours to create these things that we love. And uh, after years of hard work, we're just going to talk about some dickheads above them who've done some heinous things. Mm -hmm. And it, it's difficult yeah. because then, like financially, you're rewarding them if you ignore it but you're also fucking over the people who actually make the damn thing if you don't and there, there's no right answer yeah but that's not unique to games yeah. that's, and I, I think the fact that we're grappling with those questions probably again speaks to the maturation of the of the um of the press versus even 10 15 years ago yeah if if i'm going to try and draw a positive positive from what is a a, a, a holistically very negative situation yeah no i know it, it, anyway Basically, we're summing up with like it is fucking complicated. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the most terrible, terrible, completely non-like connected. I know. I'm sorry. It was crazy. Those listening. Oh, just, like, bless you! You tried. Like, I tried real hard. Oh, um, okay, we're leaving that in. We just don't. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, yep. there's a big thunderstorm that suddenly hit while we were recording, and I had to go close a window, or else I was gonna get everything wet. <laughs> and so I tried to come back, and it didn't work. Um, but I, I don't know. like, yeah, I just I don't know because like IGN and things they'll cover these big important events, and it's like I'm like I think that's a good thing, right? Like games, because even when we play games, like games don't exist outside of like they're not, you know what I mean? Like they don't just appear, right? Like, um, people play games, people make games, right? Um, and so there's that level, but then again, I I don't know. I don't have the answer to this and we're not going to come to the answer for this in this podcast, obviously, but like mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. things outside of games, like when um, the black lives matter protests were hitting, it's like, how much do you cover on this? Because it is important and it does affect those who are making games. And there's also this question of like, if we're silent on it, are we complicit in it? Right. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm like, to what extent I'm not sure. Like if I go and buy a fucking, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, 
uh then again this is sort of doomer shit right like i do feel like i'm a little bit like on the on the doomer train here where i'm just like uh there's no ethical consumption under capitalism what is that what the gen Zers yeah. are saying these days <laughs> you know what i mean but it, it's a deeply personal question you come to your own conclusion there is no right or wrong answer on that ultimately mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned you know like yeah i i think maybe <laughs> no because to take the there's no ethical consumption question a step further um it's not something that you have a choice in so the, the the ethics of it are almost a moot point like with games less so but then games are an extension of you've got to buy food you've got to you know pay rent there's exploitation and suffering and harm done in all of those you know you, yeah. you you're a part of the game you can't um abdicate responsibility playing in the game you can't opt not to play you just have to choose how to best play it to fit with your own morality and everything else I do and think- because that's based on your perception and your worldview and and what you what you decide isn't isn't acceptable that's always going to be a deeply personal question with a deeply personal answer yeah i think what i might add like just my little dinner on this and then paula i want you to take it away with your points um is that uh because i know you have extras too i think i think the issues within game development should be routinely examined and brought up so that we can't forget it right because i know we talk about like, games as escapism but yeah i think it's a duty of game journalists to make sure we don't forget this right because like and because then you can go play your game and you don't have to, you won't notice but like as you're getting yeah. this stuff i think yeah there's an importance that we because it's like once we forget and once we let it slip it becomes even harder for like those who are in those industries to like get traction you know what i mean like it's like there, there is something to be said for maybe not us as consumers. Like, I don't think, I don't know. Look, fucking, when you try to boycott shit, I don't, I don't know if that has ever worked. Um, maybe it has. I don't really, I don't think I've seen much of it ever having much of an effect. But like, when developers are able to, you know, put pressure on their companies because, you know, news media and everyone is talking about this shit things can happen right and like things do do Mm -hmm. for the better so like i think maybe that's where i i stand on that i think yeah that's yeah (laughs) you were midway through some things yeah but yeah definitely like um whatever happens during development it should be covered and not only because of well and i think i'll show it happening but also because of the developers making the games like you don't want your other, uh, like, brilliant individuals that probably have, like, a lot of ideas and a lot of love for the medium be burned out on it or, like, get mm. sick of it because of the companies they work for. You don't want your, you, you don't want creators being overworked or, like, putting through crunch and stuff like that because that is just terrible. That will burn you out. Like, yeah. But so Anyone long as there's fresh graduates, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to feel the burn. Uh, Sorry, go on. But you don't want to kill the artist's creativity or the, the developer's creativity or their, their, their love for what they do. That's the thing. Like, uh, and that's talking from the point of view of someone who wants to get into game development. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to right. a company. I think that that's the, and get the problem. And like a bag or something like that. And not being able to do anything. I don't want to get the exploited. Wrong side of the pyramid. It's, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but this they're, they're the... seeing the bottom line. They're not seeing what you're seeing. Yeah. 
this is the nice perspective though that Paolo you provide too because like you're someone who wants to get into this industry so it's like um like rick's here rick is like the strict gamer not doing the artistic side gamer with the artist <laughs> and gamer going i'm, t- I'm just i'm just ripping yeah <laughs> i think you know there's more nuance than that I, there's way more nuance but i just mean like our perspectives do you know what i mean like i think sure, they, sure, sure, they provide i hope they're interesting sorry Paolo, keep going yeah but yeah like it, that, that's the thing like i don't want to go into our workplace which is gonna make me hate uh, the entire work mm-hmm. and uh, that sometimes does get reflected on the final piece of work. Uh, but but that's the thing. Like if if we want to keep having video games or creative stuff or all of this stuff, we have to take into account that the the developers want to have a safe workplace too. Like you you don't want to you want don't want them to go through shit. They're human beings. Uh, like I know like. Uh, all the the stuff that's going on like in the game in all the stuff that is going on like with the, the i can't speak today all the stuff that is going on in the video game industry like for the the developers i know there are like common things on work or like some work environments doesn't mean they are good jumping like back into like um the game themselves like I'm like on the fence too, in the sense of uh, does a game deserve to be reviewed on because of the shit they do, like like way up in the in the ladder there, or mm. do you try to support the developers, or what the fuck you do? That they you never know. Hmm. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, none of this is easy. <laughs> none, of this, none of this is easy. Well, the very least on how the the like video game media or their media coverage is going it is going to a good place i think um not only because you get like to know like what is going on behind the scenes and you and people get to fight for for pretty much the rights behind the scenes but going back to like to video games you you get to know more games because there are people like like who like to cover like these smaller games that otherwise wouldn't really like mm-hmm. catch up. Like even the Final Fight Nights at Freddy's, for example. That game was probably popular only because some big YouTubers uh, covered it. Yeah, for better or worse on that one. <laughs> for better or worse that. I'm not sure if you know how like relevant Five Nights at Freddy's specifically is to this whole i think alex does because he's grinning at me a little bit yeah i'm not like super versed on it right now but i know i know some stuff on it yeah but you're right Paolo. Okay, yeah. but... mm-hmm. and also there are like um besides like the big youtubers who cover games and pretty much like people flock those those games um there are other youtubers like Spidercat gaming who pretty much like do like a that's a little like some play of whatever indie game he finds online and slime rancher i found i found out about slime rancher because of that guy <laughs> or like the oh what was the name the the game for you it's a city builder with beavers that i cover like um back on some steam festival thingy i know what you mean is it beaverbrook 
And no. No, but, but I see the build of Weed Weavers, like, even stuff like that, like, there, there, there are so many creative smaller developers that are making some real hidden gems that oh, is deserve it? to be shown to the Timberborn. world. Timberborn, yeah. Timberborn, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, we really wanted to know what that is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um... so, so, yeah, like, um, the way the, the industry is growing, not only... Not only you get like more perspectives on everything, you get more of everything. You you get more information for better or for worse. So yeah, that that were the points I wanted to make. I think. Nice. I, I, and that's probably a perfect time to shout out. Um, I think you guys both know about them. There's a YouTube channel called NoClip. Um, oh, so yeah. it's run by a guy called Danny O'Dwyer, um, who has been uh, a journalist in the industry for like over a decade. Mm -hmm. Um packed it all in to set up this company to do like long form documentary content on past and current video games. Um, they like followed Hades's development all the way through. There's like yeah. a feature length documentaries worth of footage that they've put out. Um, truly excellent stuff and another string to the media bow. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube's really, yeah. really diversified how this all works. And I guess technically we're part of it now. Um, like we're in, in some small, in a very way. small way, we're media covering games, right? Um, and that's that's the thing that I maybe to put like a bow on some of this too. It's like just spending a bit of time, like look up there. There are there are lots of actually really good even just videos on media literacy and stuff too, and like recognizing that like journalism versus media are like it's different things, right? And so like yeah, um, and like just because uh, a company does journalism doesn't mean it can't also do other things, right? Other types of media. They're going to do multiple different types. And it's like being able to distinguish between um, the advertisement and this and that, which maybe, you know, maybe some companies need to be more explicit in that, which I think people are getting better at doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd almost say that like, it'd be nice if we had a bit more of a uh, consensus on some of the words for things reviews and retrospectives and previews and all this stuff you know like it'd be nice if uh if previews were even just called ads for the game <laughs> uh because half the time yeah. that's what they are but they're not always but you know but I, I think companies are getting pretty good at also saying they're like hey this is the build this company gave us this is what we've seen of this game be aware that this is about five hours of some random shit that we played that we have no idea if this is what the game will be like in the end but here's what we saw you know um yeah, <laughs> and also we, we saw it at this event where they brought us and wined and dined us, or not. Yeah, exactly, and and yeah. I think they're pretty good at that these days, if you actually read their articles, right? Which not a lot of people do, though. Unfortunately, we have a lot on, of headlines. Well, I, thought, I thought it was just the headline. Is yeah. Like <laughs> Aren't you supposed to just read the headline and then leave an angry comment? Yes. <laughs> That's what we should title this one. Um. <laughs> leave an angry comment. Yeah, read the title. Leave an angry comment. comment. Um, Anyway, that's those are some of our very like all over the place thoughts on journalism and media coverage when it comes to games. Um, I don't know. Let us know what you think. If you agree with us, or if you think of some excellent thing uh, or excellent new point that you want to bring up, let us know. Any and because I feel like we've got some more in the tank on this topic. In fairness, if yeah. there's stuff you think we didn't cover that you'd like to hear us cover on this or on another new game plus on anything really. We'd love to know. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give us the engagement. Feed the elves. <laughs> Feed the gods. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's it. Toodles, folks. Peace.
Bye. Nice.